Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire, Joel Holland, who is the owner of Harvest Hosts and is an avid RVer himself. And Joel, welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I never get tired of talking about all things RVing, so... This is going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. Yeah, that's me too. Now, last year as a background, the RV industry built over half a million RVs. There are about 26,000 traditional campgrounds across the country. A lot of people say there's a shortage of great camping places, but I disagree. I think that Harvest Host has stepped up and really added a lot to the to the picture here and harvest host you a lot of times you buy an rv thinking oh i'm gonna have all these great adventures and you see the pictures that go rving puts and all that and then you go to a campground and you're next to a bunch of other rvs but that is not the case with harvest hosts so joel tell us a little about harvest hosts you bet well the short pitch is that harvest hosts tries to be a unique rving experience kind of a complement your traditional campgrounds and, and uh, state parks and national parks, we offer um, free overnight stays at over 1,000 wineries, breweries, distilleries, museums, golf courses, and other offbeat attractions. And uh, it's, it's always free for our members. So we're a membership network. You pay uh, a low annual fee, and it then gives you access to stay at any of these hosts. And part of the reason that we're so inexpensive uh, is that as a member, when you visit a host, let's say it's a winery, you do support the local merchant. So you'll park on this beautiful vista, right? You'll be like on a vineyard looking out over the vines. No one's around you. Typically when I stay at Harvest Host locations, I'm the only one, but at most we allow up to four other campers and these properties are quite large. So usually you're very well distributed and it's very peaceful and, and private. And then you and then you support the merchant by buying some wine and enjoying the products that they offer. Indeed. In fact, we have, Peggy and I have stayed at a number of Harvest Hosts locations, including a 4,000 acre winery. And we were the only ones there. And there is a stream running right by our trailer. And they in the morning, the owners were taking their dogs for a walk and, and had binoculars looking at the incredible birds. And it was wonderful. But the best part is not only did this winery make some really terrific wines, but they also raised cows and, and pigs. And the steaks and the sausages, and oh my gosh, we, we just really enjoyed that stay. So it was <laughs> both a wonderful experience, but boy, did our mouths have a smile we ate well for oh, many yeah. days after that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love and, that, and that's the experience. I mean, so what you're describing to me is the Harvest Host's experience. You, you right. get to stay at these beautiful locations, enjoy really nice food and drink, and meet some really nice people. I mean, I've met some absolutely wonderful hosts uh, and even made other friends in the RV community uh, who, who happen to be camping there at the same time. So that's, I think that's what, you know, that's why we call it the unique RVing experience. It's just different, right? It's not, we're not trying to replace traditional campgrounds or camping. This is boondocking 
it's off, you know, you're off the grid, but every RV can, you know, can boondock for a day or two, no problem. And so it's just something very unique and different to try to spice up your RV life a bit. Absolutely. And so there are requirements for an RV to participate in the Harvest Hosts program. Tell us a little about that, if you would. Sure. So, so I think most easily explained, you have to be a self-contained RV. And the definition of what an RV is changing, uh, you know, over the years, we allow schoolies, we allow uh, conversion vans. As long as you have a toilet inside, so you don't have to use the proprietor's facilities, a kitchen inside so you can eat some sort of water catch, whether it's a gray water tank or some, some way to keep all of your liquids inside your rig and take them with you, then you're good to go. So we, we refer to that as self-contained. It's like the camper's motto, you know, take only photos, leave only footprints. When you visit a Harvest Host location, you should drive away with everything you came in with, plus a couple bottles of wine, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but that's, that's, that's kind of, the, you know, that, those are the loose requirements. Oh, absolutely. And, and for those of our guests who don't imbibe in, in alcohol, there's plenty of other experiences, too. Um, I know a little something about you, Joel. You and I share a love of trains. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I love trains. And uh, <laughs> our first Harvest Host experience actually was the a railroad museum in Southern California, where we were, again, the only guests there that night. And we were just surrounded by trains and trolleys, steam engines. It was it was a dream come true for me. I mean, it's, he was like a kid in a candy store oh, that yeah, night. <laughs> absolutely. And then the the day before, we got a ride around in uh, old street trolleys from L.A. and there they have a steam engine, and it was just it was fantastic. They were super gracious hosts. One of the board members happened to be there. And we were talking with her for a little while, and and we ended up helping her with a mailing. So it was <laughs> it was just a fun experience. It, it was incomparable. There's no campground that's ever come close to that experience. I love that. And and, and to your point, uh, and it's a very good point. Of our you know one thousand or up to one thousand forty seven locations, less than half of them are alcohol related. So we do have almost 400 wineries, about 75 breweries and distilleries, and that's a growing segment. But then the remainder are museums and attractions, like you described, train museums, outdoor automobile, uh, automobile museums, outdoor aviation museums, and then farms. We have like 300 incredible farms from organic farms to lavender farms to bee farms and there's a lot of variety. So, so we like to think there's something for everyone and it's not just alcohol related. And that's a very good point. Yeah. There's, I've heard you talk about the alligator farm, for example. (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) Well, that, and that, that's an example. I love, we have some really unique, I mean, we take the term unique to some cool places. There's an alligator farm in Louisiana that you can actually hold these alligators. You can go on swamp tours, we have a museum I'm about to post about today that I think is really fun and quirky. It's the Museum of Clean. And it, you walk in and it's a whole history of vacuum cleaners and cleaning devices, something that you would never think about, right? <laughs> right. But, but I love it. Like, right. Someone is passionate I might learn, about I might learn something devices. about cleaning. Wait, wait, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, and then we have the, uh, another great train place that I actually haven't been yet, but I'm excited. It's the Golden Spike Tower. And you're, you, you can stay there as a Harvest Host member. You climb this tower and you look out 
um, and it's a panoramic view of the world's largest uh, rail yard, and it looks oh, phenomenal. Wow. Hey, yeah, hey, Peggy, so, guess so where we're going soon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I'm not just going to try to we railroad you into it. We just added to our bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you missed a good pun. I said, I, I don't want to have to railroad you into it. <laughs> oh, God. But, but you I could. I wouldn't have sound effects. That's oh, a man. little choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you could say Harvest House is a great way to get sidetracked. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. You're gonna go. have absolutely. to. You're gonna have to train me to listen for those oh! puns better. <laughs> oh my god! And we just lost all three of our listeners. They're like puns. I hate puns. So no, everybody loves puns. So, I do. <laughs> so Joel, Joel, Tony, and I travel just the two of us. But I know you know a lot of people travel with families and travel with pets. Are there? Uh, you know, maybe wineries aren't the most exciting place for kids to go, but what about families and pets? Are there a lot of places that are limited? No. In fact, I would say that almost all places are welcoming uh, to both families and pets, uh, especially families. I mean, family, families are always welcome. I mean, I, I have yet to find a Harvest Host location that doesn't allow children, and it's because there's plenty of outdoor areas for them to play and, and relax and run around, and they are allowed in most wineries. You know, that's not an issue. And then pet, pets are allowed almost everywhere, with the exception of some farms where there are animals that don't do well with pets, right, with domesticated pets. Sure. But as a member, when you search, either through our app or on our website, you can toggle pet friendly and make sure the results you find are you know only the ones you want to find. Uh, and then on the host page, it will tell you whether pets are allowed, what kind of accommodations they have. And then, and then usually the best way to figure out what the place is going to be like is to read the member reviews. And so I'll often go through and I'll look at all the photos that other members have posted. I'll read the reviews to see you know, what they say. But yes, we are a very, you know, Harvest hosts are almost across the board, pet and family friendly. And speaking of planning your stay, one of the things I really like about Harvest hosts is you can, let's say you know you're going along a certain route or to a certain destination, you have this interactive mapping system that lets you see the Harvest hosts that are on your way. So you could plan your your whole getaway around those stays. Yes, yes. And in fact, that's how I typically plan a trip. So we were, we were talking a little bit earlier about this RV trip that my wife and I are getting ready to take from Colorado to the East Coast and kind of a, a big loop around the country. I will set kind of start and end point. And then with our map, you can say how far off of the highway or off of your route you'd like to see hosts. And so I'll usually set it for like, 20 miles, they'll then pop up all along your route. And that's exactly how I'll find hosts to stay with. And then I usually mix them in. Like I'll do a traditional campground, I'll go stay to host, then I'll do a traditional campground to dump the tanks, get electricity and water, you know, and kind of repeat the process. The good thing is harvest hosts are boondocking, but boondocking in style, definitely. So if you have solar or a generator, you know, some way of, of, keeping your systems running, that's a plus. And then speaking of generators, do they do most of the hosts have any specific rules about generators or is it? It's pretty unrestricted. It kind of in our code of conduct, what we say is just out of courtesy, ask uh, if it's okay to run a generator. What you'll find is that most of these, especially wineries, you know, they close at nighttime and everyone goes home. And so you're there kind of alone in the middle of nowhere. 
So a generator is not going to be bothering anybody. Sometimes some of the hosts live on the property and that's, that's a situation where you want to just, you know, just ask. But I would say typical generator etiquette applies. Turn it off by 10 o'clock at night. Don't start it up until like, you know, seven or eight in the morning uh, and then you're good to go. Yeah, sounds good. And of course, I'm a big advocate of solar and that's that's how we run our rig. And so that's a that's a super plus too. And then any limitations on size? Can I bring a large toy hauler or, or big 40 foot RV or is it smaller trailers or anything like that? Great question. I, again, I would say most of our locations are big rig friendly. Uh, and that's because of these, you know, multiple hundred acre farms and wineries uh, that have a lot of room. Um, but, they, but there are some like uh, locations like breweries and distilleries and things like that that are more urban or in smaller locations. And um, though some of those won't fit the large ones, but what's nice is when you search again through the app or on the website, there's a little slider that you can select in settings and just select your size. And so if you're a big rig, just select, you know, slide it over to 45 feet plus. Uh, and that will only show you results for big rig friendly sites. But, it, but I'd say it's like 80% of our hosts are big rig friendly. Um, and I've, you know, we, we tow a pretty big fifth wheel behind our truck. So all in we're long and I've never had an issue. Camping or RVing is all about the experience. And t- I can't emphasize how much the experience that these hosts that we've stayed at has been just absolutely wonderful it's all the things you see in the in the instagram account for go rving and things like that it, it's just absolutely wonderful so that's that i would i can't recommend you know if you're buying a new rv and you're going to go out camping and you see all the beautiful pictures on instagram and such that go rving or any of these organizations post or even stressless camping harvest host is going to be how you Make that happen. It's just a, a fantastic resource for camping. The the campgrounds or the the hosts are not overcrowded. You're not going to be you know touching the awning of the camper next door because I believe most of the hosts are limited to about four people or four sites, if even that. That's exactly right. Yeah, we we, we want to make sure it always stays uh, small and intimate, uh, and so it, it, four is typically the max. But as you mentioned, and as I've experienced, I've never actually in all of my harvest host days seen more than a couple. And usually I'm all alone. It's a nice, it's peaceful. And actually on the, uh, on the, the Instagram topic, you should, if you're listening, you should follow harvest hosts on Instagram. It's just at harvest hosts. And we post quite a lot of content. We repost quite a lot of content from our members and the hashtag Harvest hosts, you'll see about 3,800 photos that have been tagged Harvest hosts with that hashtag, and that'll give you a feel for what the camping's like and what the program's like. It'll also, I warn you, give you an insane wanderlust. So if you're <laughs> if you're not yet in your RV, like right now, I'm I'm in my sticks and bricks house, and when I look at these photos, I just can't wait to get on the road. So yeah, good luck, good luck looking at that and not jumping in your rig immediately. <laughs> All of a sudden, a whole bunch of people just quit their jobs and went out and got their, <laughs> their RVs. <laughs> Good. I mean, Life goals, I, I mean, I Matt. That's right. I learned there's a million full-time RVers now, and wow. many of them are you know work campers. I mean, many of them are retired, of course, but there are also many RVers who work from the road, which is what 
we do, you know, but for about four to six months out of the year, we're on the road in our rig visiting harvest host locations and we actually work from the road, right? We run everything. We, you know, we have a distributed team of employees. We run everything through Slack and email and phone. And it's pretty cool. Like I think in this day and age, you really can run, you can work remotely in a way that was not possible that, you know, many years ago. No, we're living in great times right now. I mean, we can, yeah. we can take this whole podcast studio on the road and we're actually going to this weekend and do some interviews from out on the road. So it's it's a pretty cool thing. Lots of opportunities. So if if somebody out there would like to become a member of Harvest Hosts, how do, how do they do so? If you go to harvesthosts.com, you can join very easily. You'll see the kind of the join buttons all over the place and uh, learn anything else you need to learn. We have quite a bit of information there. There are location photos. There's an interactive map of uh, host locations. It, it doesn't tell you the names or the contact information, but it'll tell you what types of hosts they are, whether they're farms or breweries or wineries, et cetera, uh, and where they're located. So you can get a feel for how well distributed these hosts are all over North America. And it's not just, I mean, we're in, um, we're in all 50 states, but also every province in Canada uh, and Baja, California, and Mexico. So it's pretty good distribution. Mm -hmm. You know, take a look at the website, learn a little more, and then if you're ready to join, you can sign up right on the website uh, and immediately we'll send you a membership card uh, and you'll be, you know, off to the races uh, and able to start booking stays at really unique locations. Absolutely, and Joel was kind enough to extend a discount to listeners of the Stressless Camping Podcast or readers of our website. So if you click the link from stresslesscamping.com, there is a little bonus in there for you. So thank That's you, Joel. That's a good Joel. point. Yeah, if you get a nice 15% discount. So follow that link. You won't find a better price. Yeah, it's that's Excellent. fantastic. Um, another thing you have recently added are golf courses. That's right. Yes. So last November, we purchased the RV Golf Club, which was an existing organization somewhat similar to Harvest Hosts, but that focused exclusively on golf courses that invite RVers to stay overnight for free. And uh, we now have over 320 golf courses in our program. Some of them are quite, I mean, they're, I mean, they're all quite phenomenal, but some of these are just really beautiful courses. And I think to me, golf courses are like wineries. You're almost always guaranteed a beautiful setting. And so as an RVer, even if you don't play golf, you can stay at over 300 of these locations without playing golf. And the way you support the, the, the host in that case is by, shopping the pro shop or going to the restaurant, having breakfast, having lunch. Some of them have spas, you know, get a massage on the road. Oh yeah. You know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yeah, that's the course tradition has been a lot of fun. Another thing that, uh, for those guests who may not also appreciate wines or beers, I'm sure you have people on your gift list who do. So even if you stay at a winery or a brewery or even a, a golf uh, club, you could get something as a gift for someone as a way of, of kind of helping out your host. So that's another way of thinking about it. You need, you need to take something you need to take something home for the dog sitter after all. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take something back to the kids, you know, once you've abandoned them or sent them off to college, you know, they don't want to feel forgotten. So just give them a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or a, or a set of golf balls. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Joel, I, I can't thank you enough for being a part of our uh, 
our podcast here. We love Harvest Host, and we've done videos and and blog posts about it. And now here, I really can't recommend your service enough. RV community is just such a special group of people. And I think that's what makes the business so much fun. And that's what makes Stressless Camping such a great website and this new podcast. I mean, it's just a fun industry with really nice people and everyone's supportive uh, and excited because it's all based around travel and adventure. We certainly have a good time. We appreciate you inviting us to be a part of this new podcast. And, uh, Hopefully we'll catch you on the road at some point in person at a Harvest Host location. Oh, absolutely. Likewise, and thank you for being part of our our new podcast. And you're right. We we will look for you at Harvest Host locations all over the U.S. And I think I'm going to screenshot that beautiful map with all the colorful dots on it and use it as my daydream, like, <laughs> thing to stare at when I want to get away. <laughs> Just post, yeah, post that in the office right on the wall. That's, right. That, yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I work so I can well, go camping. Thank you, Peggy and Tony. I really appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure. Thank and you, Thank Joel. you, and uh, have fun out there on your epic road trip. Will do. One more thing we wanted to tell you about, the grub stick. Oh, my gosh. Do you love s'mores? I love S'mores. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Grilled cheese sandwiches, hot dogs. So the grub stick, what is it? It's the fanciest unbent wire coat hanger that you've ever seen. Huh, tell me more. <laughs> so grub stick actually is a um, an, an expandable stick yeah. that has a soft, comfortable safety handle on one end, and on the other end it has a threaded knob, and you can screw onto that knob Forks for putting on hot dogs or, or marshmallows or square cages for making s'mores. They made them specifically the right size for a stacked s'more. You can use the round cage to cook your hamburger over the fire. They even have a couple of rods that are good for either making a, like a, hot, dog a wrap. hot dog wrap or a bacon cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bacon cup. What am I thinking, gentlemen? <laughs> Um, so the cool thing is it's the, if you have a campfire, you really could use a grub stick. It is a fantastic addition to any camping experience. And again, they have a discount that's available when you visit the stressless camping website and click through to their website and place an order. So check it out. We've got videos there. We've got more information and we've got a great deal for you. And then the next time we see you around the campfire... We'll bake some s'mores together. No, grilled cheese sandwiches. Hot dogs. Yeah. Bacon cups. <laughs> Bacon cups. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we agree. You're going to want to go out and get yourself a grub stick. And one of the places you could take it is to where our next guest has a campground. And that's in Northern California's wine country region of Clear Lake. Today we are taking our ambassador tour to beautiful Clear Lake, California in Northern California's wine country. And we are trying something new here. We are actually outside of our travel trailer under the awning out here in front of an incredibly beautiful Cache Creek where it's, it's a truly wonderful piece of nature. And we are here with campground owner and local ambassador, Lisa Wilson. Welcome, Welcome, Lisa. Welcome. Super pleased to be here, guys. So Lisa and her family have owned Clear Lake Campground since... 1981 is when my parents closed escrow on this 
piece of heaven here. So you grew up here. I was in college when they bought it. Oh, okay. Tell us a little about why would somebody want to come here and from where would they come? So most of our guests come within a just a few hours radius of the San Francisco Bay Area, the Sacramento area. And we also get a lot of guests coming as overnighters as they traverse from the Central Valley on I-5 to the 101 corridor because they're going to the coast or going into the interior of the state. And then we're a destination for weekenders because we're, you know, two and a half hour drive from wherever they are. We're a couple hours north of San Francisco, also about a couple hours away from Sacramento. And we are in the heart of the wine country, but not the Napa that you might be thinking of. This is Lake County, which is known for Sauvignon Blanc grapes and also Cabernet Sauvignon and has has Sauvignon Blanc that is comparable to places that you've probably heard of. But this might be a undiscovered wine destination if that's your thing. But what other stuff is there to do here? Well, you're right about the wine destination. We have over 30 great wineries and winemakers here in Lake County. And Clear Lake Campground is a great base to explore all of those wineries. We have a map. It's a Lake County winery map that gets you to all the great places. And we have several that are less than 15 minutes away from camp. The other things folks might like to do is to go kayaking here on Cache Creek. Lake County is an important bird area with the Audubon Society. So here sitting at camp, you could see grebes, great blue herons, white egrets, green herons, orioles, the ever-present mallard and Canadian geese. And it's really a thrill for birders to come and see our grebes who have a specific mating dance and they build floating nests. Yeah, and we have a video uh, about the heron tours that we have every year where we leave from Clear Lake Campground and go out onto Clear Lake and chase the birds around in their in their natural environment. One of the, We don't chase them. That would be rude. Well, not chase them <laughs> around, but we go and look at them. So we invade their space. And uh, one of the things that might surprise anybody who might be interested in a wine destination or an outdoors destination, Lake County is fairly undeveloped. There's a lot of what nature actually put here still. There still is. We're very rural. We're remote. Our whole county has only 65,000 people in the county, but we have huge population centers within a couple-hour drive. So if you're used to going... Route 29 or 101 and being in all the traffic, then this will be a huge different experience for you because there's not much traffic here in Lake County. No, I believe in the entire county there are nine stoplights. I think you're right. Yeah, nine stoplights. We are also, uh, we had talked about Clear Lake. It is thought to be the second oldest lake in the world, uh, 20 miles wide, 8 miles long. Over 100 miles of shoreline. Yeah, and uh, average depth of only 28 feet and thought to be about the third best bass fishing in the United States or in the world, right? It's always an ESPN top 10 bass destination. And here on Cache Creek, we're famous for catfish also. Oh, yeah. We've seen some huge catfish. We've seen some huge catfish come out of this creek. <laughs> so it's definitely a place to come if you like the great outdoors. Uh, if you like wine destinations, you can hike up a volcano here in Lake County. Yes, just half an hour away to Kelseyville, and you can get at the base of Mount Canocti, and it's a terrific hike on fire roads and some um, going trails going through some orchards, and you get up to a couple of the different peaks, and you get a super view of the lake and uh, panoramic view of the whole county. It's incredible for anyone who likes, and it's 
not a serious i mean it's a good hike what is it a four mile four mile yeah and so. you increase in elevation a couple thousand feet yeah. yeah it's it's a nice destination i mean it's it's great for we have we're a dark sky area and there is an observatory here Yes, also in Kelseyville. Our observatory has regular viewings on Saturday nights, and you go late at night when it's dark, and you sit out there, and they've got several telescopes, and their experts are there to show you what you're seeing. There's a lot to see and do here. It's definitely a place to go if you want to go off the beaten path. It's quiet, it's rural, but and very affordable here. Very affordable. I think our guests are surprised at um, what we offer and what great prices we have. Wineries don't charge very much compared to the industry, and they always apply it towards your purchase. Right. Yeah, it's it's pretty good if, if you're into wines. But as somebody who's into beers, there are two great breweries up here too. So... I'm a fan of those. Three one day soon. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kelsey Creek Brewing Company in Kelseyville is a hit, and they're locally owned and operated, and they have lots of fun events going on right there in Kelseyville that you can grab a beer and see what's going on on the street. And then we have O'Meara Brothers up in Lakeport, again, locally owned and operated. One of the nice things is there are very, very few chain operations here. The locals have taken it upon themselves to invest in their own community, and you can stay in... Uh, you can stay in a hotel that was built in the 1800s that was all refurbished. You can stay in a place made out of railroad cabooses. But to the point of, of stressless camping, you can stay, you, you can back right up to Cache Creek here at Clear Lake Campground. And it's beautiful. Clear Lake Campground, we have about 40 reservable spots. About half of them are right on the creek. So you back in and you've got your firing, your picnic table, and full hookups, water, sewer, electricity. And you won't want to leave. No, there's, in fact... I don't want to leave. No, we don't want to leave. <laughs> we, we've we stayed here a lot because it's close to home, but it's also wonderful. And last time we were here, there were some people who had made a few-day reservation and extended it to, I think, 11 days or something because there's so much to see and do. We're always pleased when our guests would like to extend their stay and and make their reservation for their next visit before they depart. Lisa, is there any place that we didn't think to mention? Mountain biking is really popular up here now, and we're starting to get known for that, and we have two great places. Uh, Boggs Mountain, which was really disturbed during the Valley Fire, is coming back to life. The trails have been cut back, so they actually have single-track trails open again, and that's only going to get better every single year. And our friends Christian and um, his family at Six Sigma Winery have wonderful single-track trails, and they allow wine wine club members to go on the trails with a reservation. Yeah, and kayaking here right on Cache Creek. There's boating. They do an annual car show where they have speedboat exhibitions. Um, Lots to do here. The the lake is very usable, and it's a natural eutropic lake, so it's, it's pretty slick. We also are right across the creek from Anderson Marsh State Historic Park, and that's wonderful to go to every season because you'll see something different in every season. They have wonderful trails, and the second Saturday of every month, they have docent-led hikes where you can also get a tour of the ranch house. And another thing you reminded me of, Lake County, for whatever reason, seems to attract phenomenal musicians, and there are some almost Every night of the week, especially in summer, somebody's hosting an incredible musician or band, some of whom you have heard of. We really get some great 
places to go. If you like live music, this is also a, a great place to come and see. And I think part of the reason of that is it's very affordable to live here, yet you can work in San Francisco or Sacramento. I, I agree with you about our music scene. The Tom and Hotel has a, a blues festival coming up over Labor Day weekend. And throughout the year, they always have fantastic live music. We have several waterfront properties. The spot here in Clear Lake, they always have bands on Fridays and Saturdays. And Richmond Park Bar and Grill, you can boat up to both of those. They always have live bands. Lots of places all around the lake have superb live music. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And also, in some ways, we're kind of living in the past here because there is a miniature golf course that's been refurbished that was built in the 1950s. We have very few crowded roads, a lot of collector car enthusiasts up here, and a drive-in. We have a drive-in theater, and that is not common these days, but we have in the city of Lakeport, we have a drive-in theater that's just like the old drive-in theater, except there's no swing set under the screen. No, <laughs> but yeah, we've we've gone there a number of times, and it because there's not a lot of light pollution here since it's as I said fairly rural. You get a pretty good experience at the drive-in movie theater. We used to take our '64 Chevy Corvair van there and and watch movies from that table inside the van. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that concept of a time warp and and coming <laughs> back in time to Lake County. This property was established in the '50s by Tom and Violet Shaw and was originally named Shaw's Shady Acres. And we still have that old sign. We honor it. It's really fun with the old Pepsi signs on it, even though we've changed our name to Clear Lake Campground. But when you arrive, I think you get a sense of going back in time. We've maintained a lot of the vintage design and upgraded the amenities. So. And speaking of vintage, I have seen more than one vintage trailer rally here. Yes, we have two in the spring and two in the fall. And that is so much fun to see this vintage campground full of vintage trailers. Yeah, so there's no rule here about 10-year-old RVs. We've seen RVs from the 50s, 60s. There's all kinds of cool vintage trailers that tend to find their way here. A lot of events for girl campers, for example, a lot of sisters on the fly and uh, tow girls, girls. sisters on the fly, kitschy campers. Yeah. Aristocrats Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's in fact Aristocrats Anonymous was started here in Lake County. Yes. Yes. And so. Ladies of the Lake. And Ladies of the and Lake ladies to come. Ladies of the Lake. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, you're definitely going to want to come to Northern California and enjoy some lakeside stressless camping. And we want to thank Lisa Wilson for joining us this week on the Stressless Camping Podcast. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. We really appreciate your downloading the podcast, subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcapture program. We also really appreciate and value your reviews. So thank you to those of you who will leave a review for us. Hopefully you tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell people at the campground if you're around the campfire, if you enjoy this podcast. Tell some guy at the grocery store. Yeah, why not? So thank you for joining us again, and we will see you next week in the campground. Happy Happy camping. camping! We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey, but don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm stressless camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.